order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm Peter Lamont, your host, along with my co-host, Brendan. How you doing? Good, Brendan. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, thank, Any news in your life? Thank God it's Friday. We're doing something brand new this Friday. We talked about it earlier in the week, uh, but this is our brand new business and legal week in review show. We're going to be doing it every Friday. We're going to be talking about some news. Yeah, this is a great show because, you know, when we do our normal episodes, we typically will take a topic or subtopics that that um, kind of stem off of a main topic, and we mm-hmm. talk about that. But this right. is going to be a good show because we're going to be looking back at this past week mm-hmm. and some of the legal and business stories that have been in the news that maybe you saw, but maybe you didn't. And that's the ones that we really are going for. The ones that you didn't hear about. The yeah. ones that are a little less common. Now, there's some that you know, but let's get right down to it. So what we're going to do in the uh, in this show is we're going to go through some of these headlines that we've collected throughout the week. I'm going to go through it, give you a little backstory, and then uh, we're going to talk about it briefly. So hopefully you like this uh, format and this brand new show, and we'd love to hear from you. love to have uh, some feedback. All right. Brendan, the first show or the first story we're going to talk about mm-hmm. is Dirty Harry. You know, Dirty you Harry. Take a shower. Yes, I guess so. But you know, end of story. What's the next one? I guess so. All right, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry. Well, Clint Eastwood wins uh, or won this week a six point one million dollars CBD related lawsuit, and no, Clint Eastwood was not manufacturing CBD. So actor Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. uh, and the company that owns the rights to his likeness, they won a $6.1 million lawsuit this week in Lithuania, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yeah, where a company allegedly used his image to imply that he supports their CBD-related products. Now, this case was filed in the U.S. District Court uh, in California, and it awarded Eastwood and the, and the company um, you know, $6.1 million for the unauthorized use of his name and likeness. That's right. It actually says here that the uh, first lawsuit that about this uh, claimed that his likeness was used in a mock fake Today Show style interview where it was it was made to look like that, where he supported this CBD brand product. Right. And he, Clint actually filed through his attorneys two lawsuits last year in federal court mm-hmm. against three of the manufacturers and marketers of this CBD. Um, but, you know, obviously this company was, they hadn't contacted him. They hadn't asked him if he would, mm-hmm. would hey, would you support um, our CBD products? But, you know, like Brennan just said, the first lawsuit claimed that his likeness was used in an interview falsely designed to look like an episode of the Today Show, right? Which linked to a site where viewers could buy their CBD products. Crazy, right? It it also says here that on the list of craziest things that have happened in his life, this one is very high. Oh my god, you got to stop! Here's here's an interesting <laughs> tidbit though that we're going to take away from this story, and then we're going to move on. So you know those Instagram ads where you see the celebrities holding up a yes. T-shirt? Yeah, those are the worst. Right, and somebody photoshops, mm-hmm. you know, Clint Eastwood buys my T-shirts and loves it. Right, right. Well, they have them uh, with Sylvester Stallone, you said before, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen it with, with a lot of celebrities. Well, if you're doing that, if you think that that's a good idea, 
Keep in mind what happened here to the company in Lithuania who Mm -hmm. thought it was a good idea to pretend or to suggest that Dirty Harry supported their CBD brand. Do you want to be sued for $6.1 million? I do not. So I will not Photoshop Clint Eastwood on my shirts. Very good. I'll just do Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I, I don't think he'd like that either. Not at all. Go all rocky on me. He might go. All right, the next one, uh, Shannon Doherty. You might, you wouldn't know her. You don't know her, do you? I don't know her. All right, but most people, most, uh, I guess, more mature people, let's just say it that way, okay. are familiar with her um, from 90210. All right. She was starved 90210. And unfortunately, um, she or her home suffered damages during the 2018 California wildfires. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, a federal jury in Los Angeles awarded her, very close to Clint Eastwood's amount, $6.3 million in a lawsuit that she had filed against State Farm, her insurance company, right. arguing that they failed to pay sufficiently for the damage to her house. Well, this is interesting because the verdict covers not only her property damage, emotional distress, and her attorney's fees. Uh, Doherty, the 50-year-old star of or former star of Beverly Hills 90210, mm-hmm. uh, Charmed and Heathered. Heathers also, by the way, had um, made an announcement in February 2020 that she has breast cancer and was diagnosed with uh, stage four. So, you know, she's not in good health. Right. And here you have an insurance company that you pay money to every month. You pay a premium. To, right. you know, or every year or what, what, however you pay your insurance company mm-hmm. and you're paying them with the belief or hope that if something bad were to happen to your property, that they're going to pay for you. Well, from the commercials, I would assume that. Right. Right. I mean, nationwide's on your side and all these, right. And you feel like if I go with this insurance company, they're definitely going to take care of me. And if something bad happens, I've got coverage. But you know, the reality of it is, is and it's, it's sad, but insurance companies are betting against you. They want to take your money right. on your premiums, and they're hoping that you don't get sick or that you don't have a fire in your house because they don't want to pay out claims. Right. So oftentimes, they're going to try to do their, their hardest to deny claims. And in the case of Shannon Doherty, uh, they didn't give her what she was entitled to, and she was forced to sue them in a first-party lawsuit. And fortunately for her, she won. Um, but you know, it's not so fortunate for people that aren't Shannon Doherty who don't have unlimited resources to retain an attorney. You know, the average person who has a, a problem with their house goes to their insurance company. They get stuck with whatever, whatever the carrier says is fair. And, and that in and of itself is not fair. Absolutely. All right. I, I, this next one, I think you're going to have something to say about, you know what squid game is? I have heard of it. You know, I have gone onto Twitter, and for a while now, it's been quiet. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, everybody's talking about Squid Game. And I'm like, what the heck is Squid Game? I thought it was I thought game it was Splatoon. Ninten- yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, everybody's talking about Splatoon? I didn't get my skills on. Well, but Splatoon, no. just, just so you know, if you don't know. Yeah, it's this game where it's a Nintendo's kind of shooter game where you play as these little, these kids that can morph into squids with a button. And you shoot ink all over the place, and and it's synonymous with, like, squids. They use squid-related terminology in the game. And so when I heard Squid Game, because it's massively popular, when I heard Squid Game, I'm like, oh, that's what it is. But no, it's some, it's a a foreign movie 
Uh, well, it's it's a Netflix show. Right. right? Is, it, is it a show exactly? Here, here's the story. Here's the story. So Netflix is sued after Squid Game release increases traffic for Korean internet provider. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. So South Korean internet provider SK Broadband filed a lawsuit against Netflix to cover costs mm-hmm. of increased traffic and maintenance after a massive surge in traffic because of Squid Games. So um, it, it, I can't imagine how this would be successful charging them or trying to sue them because the show is so popular. I right. just don't understand how that's even how I mean I look it's a foreign country so I guess they can do whatever they want but I don't understand how there's even a legal claim right so you know squid games I haven't seen it or squid game squid game squid game it's a show it looks like it's like a like a like a twisted messed up game show kind of thing it is it's very popular I've heard it's very good uh, here's a description for you. Hundreds of cash-strapped contestants accept an invitation to compete in children's games for a tempting prize, but the stakes are deadly. And there's, I think, nine episodes currently. Oh, so this is The Running Man. Oh, my. This is The Running Man. It's The Running Man. I mean, it looks cool. It looks interesting. A lot of the, a lot of the imagery is really weird. And Okay, we'll just look for Sub-Zero and uh, with some of the other uh, characters. The other char- oh, I don't remember, but that was a good movie. So we're talking about The Running Man, which was a Stephen King, uh, I believe, short story, which was then turned into a 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger film mm-hmm. uh, starring him and Richard Dawson. Right, right. And it was amazing. It because, was an awesome movie. Because it was essentially they would ri- round up criminals and people that the government didn't like, right. and they would make them compete in a game show called The Running Man. Mm-hmm. And if you won, you supposedly won your freedom which didn't happen because they killed you anyway. But if you well, lost, you died. Spoiler Let, alert. Spoiler alert. The, the movie spoiler is from alert 1986. For if you haven't seen it by now, you've been living under a rock. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, you're a loser, but you shouldn't spoil it for them. Well, come on. Don't no spoil such, it for the losers. A, a 19, that's like saying that, uh, you know, you could spoil The Shining. Okay. You, you know can't. what? You have now gotten me on a different aside. You can't spoil The Shining because nothing happens in The Shining. I did not like um, The Shining. What? You know what? I did not like The Shining. You would think that that would be on. I, I like creepy hotels and I like you know creepy movies and I like horror and I like retro horror movies. You'd think that would be on the top of my list, but no, no, that was that was. I I watched it for three hours, and you know what? Maybe if I knew what it was going into it, I would have had a better opinion of it. But I went into that movie thinking it was going to be this cool horror movie. And, and, and for hours, I was waiting, waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to happen, and nothing happens. And, yeah, the guy goes nuts, but it's messed up, no, and it's, it's boring. Single, it's and then, you know boring. what? There's a guy in a bear suit. You try and defend the guy in the bear suit to me. Didn't you tell us the other day that you like a game called Five Nights at Freddy's about an animatronic bear? That's different. Okay. Next story. So, Tesla. Oh, yes. You have a Tesla, don't you? Uh, oh, yeah, two. Which, yeah. which one are we talking about here? <laughs> no, Tesla. By the way, it's interesting. So, obviously, there's Nikolai Tesla, yeah. right? The, uh, the scientist inventor. There is Tesla, the car company. Right. But unbeknownst to many in the 1980s, there was a rock band, a heavy metal rock band called Tesla. Oh. Yep. What kind of songs did they make? 
they made rock songs. I I meant I, okay. Thank you. Yes, I meant what did they th- sing about electricity? They did not. Had nothing to Were do. They with an educational band. It was absolutely not modern day cowboy and things like that. Anyway, anyway, so. Whenever I hear Tesla now, mm-hmm. even though it's such a massive company, I can't not think about the band Tesla. Well, anyway, I didn't know about that. This week, Tesla was ordered to pay over $130 million to an African-American worker, former worker, over racism charges. Oh. A federal jury ordered Tesla to pay the very large sum of $130 million in damages to an African-American worker who was subjected to racially hostile work environments according to the Wall Street Journal. And the jury, in this case, determined that the company failed to take reasonable steps to prevent the victim, who was a, a contract worker and employed as an elevator operator at Tesla's, Tesla's Fremont factory in 2015 and 16, from being racially harassed. Yeah, it looks here like there was uh, racist words on the that were shouted, like, in the, in the actual factory by people, and there was racist graffiti in the bathrooms, and the, they didn't take any steps to, uh, to kind of stop that. Yeah, there were racial slurs. Right. And, and you know, the um, lawsuit essentially alleged that Tesla did nothing to prevent the creation and or existence of a hostile work environment. Um, and anything that Tesla did after the fact is insignificant, mm-hmm. you know, um, but the way that the jury broke down the award is that they awarded the victim $6.9 million in compensatory damages. Compensatory damages are, you know, uh, compensation, in other words. Mm-hmm. If, if you know, you went to a hospital and you had to pay $100 in a hospital charge, that would be a compensatory damage. And then they awarded... Uh, $130 million in punitive damages. Punitive damages are punishment. So... When someone's conduct is egregious, like to to the extreme, mm-hmm. it's possible for a jury to award punitive damages as a way of punishing the defendant. And we're talking about civil lawsuits. Um, and and the idea is that if you're punished enough, if you're punished to the tune of $130 million, right. maybe you won't let this happen again. That's the idea behind it. Yeah, well, so. I'm sure that nobody will let this happen again after $130 million. Yeah, you wonder, though, does $130 million even affect Tesla? Yeah, it's a good point. Right? I mean, it's a good point. at some point, I think you just see these lawsuits um, and you kind of, you know, roll your eyes at them. As a matter of fact, Matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, we talked, uh, we had an episode about album covers. Remember that? Yeah, and we yeah. talked about the um, Nirvana Baby album cover. Yeah. And remember, we talked about the kid that was on the cover who was a baby at the time, but is now an adult, right. is suing um, the band and the, the estate of Kurt Cobain, right? Yeah. As a result of um, mm-hmm. him being exploited on the cover. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, who was the former drummer for Nirvana, um, mm. basically had said, yes, you know, we're aware of it. You know, we're aware of the lawsuit, obviously, and we're defending it. And, you know, at some point, you know, you just, you settle and you walk away. And he he basically said that uh, it's the cost of doing business and it's par for the course and he's not going to worry about it. And uh, in anniversary editions of the album, they'll change the album cover. But interesting like what it's we were talking up. yeah but we we're talking about you tesla know, there's this racism issue and it just seems like they're going to throw money at it and there's well, no real you know i don't know well what do you want them to do 
That's the part. Well, I mean, of the legal I, I, I think I think it's good that they're you know give hundred thirty million dollars, but I think that you know it's messed up. It's a larger problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, racism in general. Of course, but yeah. we're, but we're talking. I'm talking about the fact that these larger companies and 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 like a band like you know Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I think that at some point. Because we were talking about punitive damages. You kind of got off track here. The punitive damages, the punishment. Oh, right, right, right. Right? Yeah. I think the punishment at, at some point doesn't mean anything to these large companies. Right? Oh, well, because yeah, like- Tesla says, all right, $130 million. Well, that sucks. But they pay it and they move on, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you hope that they actually implement different strategies in trying to, you know... Um, eliminate the creation of, of hostile work environments for anybody right. because no racism is a hundred percent wrong. It's sh- it, there's no place in society for it at all. And there's definitely no place for it in the workplace. I don't care whether it's a private company or a publicly traded company. It doesn't make a difference. Racism is bad and it shouldn't exist. And you know, you need to take all steps you can to eradicate it. But my point is that with the punitive damages, just like with what Dave Grohl said, you know, yes, you don't think about it. You just move on. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm wondering, I'm, I'm questioning at what point do punitive damages just not even matter when you're a company that is, you know, sending rockets to the to outer space and, right. and that sort of thing. Do you even care at that point yeah. that one hundred and thirty million dollars in punitive damages? Now, somebody that's, you know, a normal person you got hit with $100,000 of punitive damages and, and you'd be declaring bankruptcy because right. you wouldn't, you know, so it's just um, interesting, you know, how the other half deals with these sort of things. So, all right, moving on to um, Halloween. It's almost Halloween. Yeah, I, I mean, love Halloween. I love Halloween too and and... Well, no, I don't actually like Halloween too. That that no, movie. No, Halloween no, 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 no. Horror movies, worst. nuts today. Halloween two is so bad, and I and I know what you're thinking. Like, what? What is this? Let me let me briefly explain here. I watched Halloween and thought it was this awesome movie. All right, it's scary. The original, it's cool. the original. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. The original. It's got Michael Myers, and you know Michael Myers is scary because he's got no motive. You don't know what he is. He's just evil, and he's just killing. And it's crazy and spooky. And, you know, you've got all, like, the, the kids in the town. And you don't want them to die because they're young and innocent. And, oh, don't get stabbed by Michael Myers. And then in the ending, I don't want to spoil it, but the ending is like, oh, yes, this is, this is over. You're kidding, right? Okay, fine. In the ending, they shoot him, uh, J- Jamie Lee Curtis and um, what's his name? What's his name? What's what's his name? Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. They shoot Michael Myers, and it's like, oh, it's over. But when they go to look at where he landed out the window, he's gone. And it's creepy and messed up. And then the second comes along and ruins everything. Now the entire movie takes place inside a boring hospital, not a cool Halloween town. A hospital with nobody in it except exactly, for a few exactly. slutty nurses. A bunch of pervy doctors. Yeah, yeah. And and the nurses, and they're like hanging out in this in the in the hot tub. And they just start fondling each other, and and Michael Myers kills him. And it's, it's not crazy. it's not it's scary. Horrible. There was only one thing I actually cared about, where it was like the old. I think it was like a like a janitor guy, or, or like a like a, an older guy. He was like, "Hey, is anybody out here?" And I was like, "Oh, don't go out there, buddy." And he and he died. But everybody else, I didn't care about. No, and then it turns movie. out that Michael Myers is is uh, what's her name? His sister, Laurie Strode's brother. Uh, brother. 
and it's like, what? No, it's what? bad. It's so bad. It's yeah, so bad. It's bad. I personally, and I know we're, we're straying a little bit, but I think it's worth it. I think I know what you're going to say here. I I know there's popular opinion, right, that, that Halloween 3 oh, is yes. horrible. But no. I've got to tell you something. I love it. I love it. Halloween 3 was supposed to be the beginning of a new sort of anthology, right? The idea was that you were going to take Halloween and now you were going to do spin-off, one-off movies. Every uh, year, right. a new spooky story. Right, and it had nothing to do with Michael Myers. It was right. just like, okay, here we're going to do, this is going to be the Halloween series, mm-hmm. kind of like a Tales from the Crypt or Tales from the Dark Side kind of thing where each episode was a different story. And and did you know the reason this one was called Halloween 3 is because the masks that they're selling in-universe are labeled as the Halloween 3. Like, that's the product name. You got to go buy the Halloween three because there's the three different masks. Oh, I didn't know that. And so that's the point of the title because it's like, ooh, we've tricked you there. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I thought that was a really fun movie, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, then of course it didn't go over well, and um, I don't know, I don't know why, but it didn't go over, and then they stopped making it, and then they decided to bring back, um, you know, Michael Myers again and whatnot. But anyway, yeah. we we have digressed. Let's go back to the story. Well, have you ever been to? A haunted house. I don't know. That's a you know, like one of the walkthroughs. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever actually been in one. Well, have I? I, I remember when I was younger. I think I took a girlfriend. We went to a haunted house, and but the thing that that always freaks people out is they know that the scare actors can't touch them, right? But do you th- you think they're going? But to. You, all right, and it's scary. Well, in Ohio, yeah. A haunted house actor accidentally stabbed an 11-year-old boy in the foot. What? Yeah. How does one accidentally stab? (laughs) How does one carry a weapon capable of stabbage? So a scare actor was wielding a real Bowie knife as a prop at a seasonal haunted house in Ohio, and he accidentally stabbed an 11-year-old boy's foot, (sighs) according to police reports. Now, it's it's funny but it's not funny and it certainly isn't funny for the 11 year old boy or his family absolutely i mean we're making fun of it but it's horrible the 22 year old actor approached the boy and attempted to stab the ground as a scare tactic but accidentally cut through the kid's shoe piercing his toe why was this guy carrying around a bowie knife and you should see the picture of this thing this has got to be I saw a six-inch blade. Absolutely. This is nuts. Why wouldn't you just have like a foam or plastic knife? Right. If it's not going to touch anybody anyway, why have a real knife? Well, the actor, the scare actor, admitted to police that he brought the knife in his personal capacity. So it wasn't given to him by so the Haunted House just, Company. Uh, right? And he, he agreed. He This is good. He agreed that it wasn't a good idea. As a matter of fact, oh his quote God. is, it was, quote, not a good idea, end quote, end quote, to use it in his job. And he said he didn't mean to hurt anyone, according to Fox 8. Now, the haunted house itself had supplied prop knives for the actors. But this guy, he really wanted to just, you know, involve himself so deeply into Halloween mm-hmm. that he thought it was a good idea to bring his own knife. What an idiot. I'm sorry, but what an idiot. Yeah. Who does that? They didn't They didn't arrest him. Um as of this week, they didn't arrest him. But come on. I mean, talk about absolute idiocy. Right. You're bringing a knife. Even if you 
you know, we just thought that, hey, I'll carry it and it's going to look cool. What if somebody got scared and jumped in you and accidentally fell into you? It's just absolutely insane. And then, you know, this begs the question of negligence. You know, was the haunted house company negligent? And I guess you could potentially make out an argument that they should have uh, in- inspected what the scare actors were using. Right. I mean, I think that's a stretch. I, I think that the intentional action of the scare actor who admitted that it was his right, own right. weapon, despite the fact that he was offered fake weapons, mm-hmm. I, I think that the company is probably off the hook, but yeah. you never know. These negligent cases or negligence cases go you know, in different directions, especially when you've got an, an 11-year-old kid. I mean, you got to feel so bad. Yeah. That kid will never, you know, want to go to a haunted house or enjoy Halloween again. Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe not the right time to bring it up. But speaking of haunted houses, would you ever go to uh, the Universal Horror Nights? I've always wanted to. Yeah, me too. But I wanted to pre-COVID. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still interested in, in one day going. I, I, and for me, it really depends on what the houses are. Like this year, yeah. I would have very little interest in going. Well, There's you know, my issue Beetlejuice is, and a bunch of nonsense. But that's my issue with the COVID. It's not not the fear of getting the virus. It's the I don't want to wear a mask. Do you have to wear a mask in the haunted houses? Um, I don't know if you have to, but I know that I don't know. I don't know. Well, I know I, you know, like that's you, you're you're in tight quarters with people. I don't want to have to wear a mask, and I think they kind of recycled ideas. That's my biggest issue. Yeah, is me that too. They recycled the because I think they used Beetlejuice last year. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I like. I'm I'm personally. I don't I don't have an issue. Not not to be start this argument. It's not the mask for me. For me, it's the it it feels like, like the Beetlejuice is cool. But I, I it was at the thing last year as well as another one. Like I think it was like Revenge of the Tooth Fairy or something. Yeah. I I want to go. I remember a couple of years ago there was a really cool one where there was a bunch of '80s stuff. I want to go to one yeah, like that. Yeah, I remember that, that one. The There's vamp or something. There were vampires from the 80s. Yeah, like, that, that's cool. There was I, houses. But I'd like more traditional. Like, I'd love to to do a Halloween. Yes. Right? Halloween house. Friday yeah. the 13th house. Maybe uh, like a cabin. Um, or maybe Freddy Krueger. Nightmare yeah, on, totally. On Street. And, you know, I, I've said it. I've said it so many times. Classic Monsters house. Oh, I love Classic Monsters. You know what's fun? You know what's fun? The new park. The new park. And I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. The new park, it's called Epic Universe. It's the the third, technically third, park coming to Universal Studios Orlando. And they've got a whole section dedicated to classic monsters. That's going to be great. Yeah. That really is. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this one up with a little bit of Friday the 13th, despite it only being not Friday the 13th. Nope. It's What is the date? It's Friday the 8th. Friday right. the 8th. It's not even close to the 13th. Is there a Friday the 13th in October? No, there is a Wednesday the 13th. Dang. I think there was one last month, I right? I think there was. Well, let's talk about Friday the 13th. So, this is actually big news. So, Friday the 13th writer Victor Miller was awarded this week the film franchise's domestic rights. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, I think that people are questioning, how is this going to change things? So, you know, in Hollywood, the rights to Friday the 13th have officially been ruled in favor of writer Victor Miller. And the fear is that it could inspire significant change in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So the rights to the 1980 film, Friday the 13th, have been the uh, point of contention for some time. Victor Miller was attempting to regain the rights to the film that obviously created the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, while... 
The director and producer, uh, Sean, I believe it's Sean Cunningham, had argued that Miller's work on the screenplay um, was really work for hire. So we talked this This week, in fact... Topic I've seen all the time, actually. Right. We talked this week about work for hire. There was a um, a story. Just as what was the topic? Do you remember what the? Uh, I believe it was on Tuesday's show. Right. Yeah, Tuesday's show. It was Marvel. It was about the. That's right. Foundation. Spider Man. Yes. Right. Spider-Man. So if you haven't checked out that episode, Tuesday's episode about Marvel, make mm-hmm. sure you do that. But in that episode, we or on that episode, we talked about the fact that. The um, writers for some of the Spider-Man comics were seeking to obtain the rights to Spider-Man. And Marvel's argument is that they were hired uh, independent contractors and it was work made for hire. So we talked about it in depth on Tuesday's show. But this is interesting because in the Friday the 13th lawsuit, Mm -hmm. this is the defense that the producer director was using that they were. Um, or, or that, uh, not they, but Victor Miller was work for hire. He was a, an independent contractor and that he was ineligible to terminate the copyrights. And this is very similar to what is being done right now with Marvel, where um, the writers and the estate of the writers was sent out a notice trying to cancel the copyright. Um, but in this case, different result because Miller was awarded rights to the domestic version. So uh, ultimately, the court ruled in 2018 that the screenplay was not a work made for hire and that Miller's claim was valid. This is back in 2018. But then Cunningham appealed the decision, and it looked like this was just going to be wrapped up in litigation forever. But now, this week, the court definitively decided that Miller owns the rights to the film. And uh, that he was an independent contractor, not an employee, meaning that he has authorship rights over the original film's screenplay. And this is an interesting distinction. So Miller argued in the appeal that he was an independent contractor and that there was nothing that transferred ownership of the screenplay to the producer-director. Right. When you're an employee... Anything that you do in the course of your job is the property of your employer, mm-hmm. right? If you create um, a cure for cancer and you are an employee of, you know, cancer cure pharmaceuticals, right? And you actually create it, you might be given credit, but that 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 um, cure mm-hmm. does not belong to you, really? and you have no claims over it. It belongs to the company that you work for. The argument, which is interesting, that was used on appeal is that this guy was an independent contractor and that there must not have existed any contract, independent contractor agreement, Mm -hmm. that would transfer the rights of his creation to the producer. So um, very, very interesting. And I think what people are looking at is with respect to these intellectual property claims are we now going to see a change in the way that hollywood studios work with their independent contractors and screenwriters and things like that um is it going to result in you know a significant overhaul of you know the way that uh, they do business so it's very very interesting absolutely so 
that's uh, that's the story with Friday the 13th. Who knew that that film was going to be uh, so impactful on yeah. the lives of, of Hollywood even to this day? And you know what upset me most about this lawsuit? Because this has been going on for a while. There was an awesome video game, Friday the 13th, the game, and it was super cool. And it had all kinds of levels, and you could play as Jason, or you could play as the camp counselors. Like an NES game? No, 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 no. It was for PS4 and, and Xbox. It was it was like the big a big game. It was relatively recent. I remember too. that. Yeah, and it was you know you could walk around and yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah. was like you play the game online and it's four counselors, real people, yes, and yes. one Jason. And when the lawsuit started, they shut down the game's production. That game was planned to have so much more. They had teased it in the game itself. Jason X was going to show up, like the the cyborg one from the space one. Really? Yeah, he was going to be a killer. You were going to have the space station as I a didn't map. Know that. There was going to be uh, a whole bunch of but stuff. But they sold that game. Like, you, you could buy that game, yeah. can't you? But they just the, didn't update it. 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 Was, yeah, it was it was out, and it was finished. But they it wasn't finished, finished. They were planning on adding more content to the game to make it, you know, worth your money. Right. So you, as you continue to play it, and as people continue to see it getting updates, they want to buy it. But they, they stopped it. I wanted to play as Jason X. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. All because of this. Well, yep. more importantly, I think that this ruling in the Friday the 13th case is really going to change the way that screenwriters yeah. work with Hollywood and how they're going to deal with screenwriters mm-hmm. um, who, who now, because of um, Jason Voorhees, all thanks to him. I mean, he did do yeah. great things, right? I mean, he killed people, but he also uh, he helped screenwriters have more power and control, creative control over their stories and characters. So, uh, I mean, I guess... You know, I guess while while some people just abhor Jason Voorhees for, you know, what he did at Camp Crystal Lake, there are others that champion him because now he has helped them obtain more rights. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's exactly. what people think of him. That's totally what it is. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our first episode of a Business and Legal Week in Review. I hope you liked it. This was fun, I don't did. you think? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wasn't saying I hope you liked it. I was oh. hope you out oh. there in podcast You don't care if it. I liked it? Not really. Um, but did you like it? <laughs> I did like See? it. See, well, there you go. Yeah. But, but I didn't care. I just asked you to make you feel better. But um, <laughs> no, I thought this was a great show, and I, I hope that you guys liked it too. We're going to continue uh, every Friday with a business and legal week in review, and we're going to do uh, things just like this, maybe throw in some contests, some trivia, who knows. Um, but it, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be something to look forward to every week so that's going to do it make sure that you tell your friends and family about the podcast and make sure you subscribe if you haven't done so already and so stay tuned because we've got episodes that are released tuesdays thursdays and now with our brand new show business and legal week in review make sure you check out fridays as well that's going to do it have a good weekend we'll see you next week thanks for listening to understanding the law radio if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.